You are listening to the Everyman Podcast, and this is episode 19. Good morning, everybody. It is September 12th. It is the two-year anniversary of my wedding. Um, Not actually my marriage anniversary. We got married secretly, quietly, in our living room about eight months before our wedding, but two years ago we had our wedding, and it was... uh, in this big-ass barn in Montana, and uh, one of the best days of my life. I don't know. How do you say that? One of the top three days of my life. I have been spending the weekend and the beginning of this week packing. I'm about to head out on a seven-day backcountry elk hunt with a couple buddies here in Montana, and I'm feeling more ready and excited for that than I can even share, I think. We We had the Everyman Expedition in Yellowstone, I suppose it's been 10 days since we got back now. And I had a big realization that I've literally made my career, most of my career, on being out in the woods, in the mountains, living out there, um, working out there in many different ways. I've always joked that my, uh, well, it's, it's more than a joke, it's real. I got most of my jobs because I could carry a lot of weight on my back, literally. Maybe metaphorically too, but but I'm talking physically. When I first was a wilderness guide, I went out there for my training, and uh, this kid refused to hike and threw his pack down, and so I carried two packs for a couple of days, and <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. I puked, and it was intense, but I did it. And then when I first got into TV, uh, the first shoot that we ever did. We got into a bit of a pickle on the top of the mountain. Not really, but kind of. And I ended up carrying over 100 pounds on my back coming down. And I think that uh, cemented my place in the in the crew and in that world. So um, anyway, where am I going with this? Well, any, anyway, that's just a side note. But what I want to share is that on this Everyman Expedition Yellowstone, I found myself more relaxed and uh, in touch with nature in a very visceral way than I think I had in a long time when I was doing the the film work and out I was out in the wilderness a ton you know like a ton all year long we do a lot of trips every year but I was so focused on making a product so focused on running a crew on you know shooting a camera and directing that it wasn't um I missed the personal connection and sort of the slow down time in the woods. And this time in Yellowstone, holy crap, it was like that first day we got on the trail. At, we had about a day uh, with the group before we got on the trail in order to, you know, build our community and, and really create the, the I don't know, the powerful, powerful community aspect of what we did. And getting out on the trail then in that way was... Um, I don't know, maybe I felt the same thing when I was young and out in the woods in the wilderness, but holy cow, it just knocked me on my butt. So, And I don't know if this is connected or not, but every single night since, I have been, I've had the best, like all I want to do right now is sleep. <laughs> I'm having the best dreams, the most restful. It's like I lay down at night to go to bed and, it, and it's like just freaking paradise until I wake up. And, Anyway, lots of side notes going on here, but I'm going on a hunt for myself, and I have not done a great job in my life of recreating, of going out, you know, just for enjoyment, just for fun, just for myself, enjoying the wilderness, enjoying the mountains, 
and I'm doing it with a couple buddies here. And um, the weather looks terrible, absolutely terrible. And it's going to be a brutal experience. Um, if we if we do take some elk, we're going to be way back in there, and we're going to have to carry them out. Um, but I am so excited and ready. Uh, it's hard to have a little bit of guilt leaving my leaving my wife with the kid, and we got some help for her and all that. But anyway, this is um, going to be a big week for me, really big week, and in a in a way that I don't usually allow myself to have. So moving on from that, um, this episode is going to be the second part of the Sandpoint Dialogues uh, between myself and Owen Marcus, my mentor, my friend and advisor to every man. And uh, he's an in- integral part of what we're doing. He started the Sandpoint Men's Group, I believe it's 13 or 14 years ago, and he's been doing men's um men's work men's groups men's trainings for probably almost as long as i've been alive yeah i think that's actually true 40 years um i'm 35 so the the timing works out there and he is he's just an incredible guy and and i really um part of my hope and my mission and my drive is to is to help spread all of the the work and the thinking and the practice that that he's done in his life um He's just a pretty incredible guy, and he is going to be a big part of our trainings. He's going to lead trainings and help lead groups and help train guys to lead groups lead groups, and all that good stuff. So this specific talk, we get into, uh, we released a couple weeks ago the first part of this, and it was an hour, more than an hour of really deep dive nuts and bolts. Like, what do we do? What is every man? Why are we doing this? What does it actually look like? What are the benefits? You know, we're talking about mindfulness. We're talking about our somatic and physiological makeup. We're talking about what um, it means to have community and the word that scares some people off. And I get it is, is brotherhood and what it means to really be, you know, really connected to a group of guys and, and what the benefits of, of this thing are. And uh, today, this episode is really big. It's two hours long. And we start right in the middle. We jump right into conversation where Owen is talking about what it is that makes us different from other methods or other communities and things like that. And um, so there's not a really clear in here, but we just kind of pick it up mid-talk. And it's a long one. And I, I was thinking about breaking it up into a couple episodes, but I decided just to let it roll. Um, and this might take some time to get through. Um, I don't know. But I think that this is pretty important. These talks with Owen, I uh, I just believe that for anybody who really wants to take on what we're doing seriously, this is the place to start, these talks with Owen. And uh, really should give you a, a good foundation, the underpinnings. When we do a retreat or an expedition, you know, the first half hour, I try to give a you know, a broad spectrum, like what are we doing, why are we doing this, and explain it a little, just so our minds can relax, but... This is really, this is probably where I'll point people in the future when they ask, when they email and say, hey, what exactly are you guys doing? I'm going to point to this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Please reach out with any questions or concerns or anything you got going on. Oh, and the very last thing I got to say is is we are making a push to fill up our December, 
think it's the first weekend of December. It's either December 1st or 2nd. So it's a Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday event in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. That's accessible by New York from New York City, from Boston. And this event is uh, literally a year anniversary from our first event. We did our first one of these that same weekend in 2016. And that's where every man was born, literally. We, uh, Sasha Lewis and I, had been intending to uh, do an event together, and we just pulled the trigger and did it. And it had such a massive sort of uh, impact on the guys and on us that we knew we had something, and we knew we had to move forward. And uh, Lucas Crump, the other partner, came to that event, and very soon after, we were sitting in an office in New York City for, like, I don't know, 72 hours, just plotting, planning, and building. And look where we are. It's <laughs> pretty pretty amazing to be a part of this. And, and those two guys, um, you know, have been giving of themselves to this relentlessly and uh, on the top of life's other, you know, we're, we're not all there. We're not able to be full-time, full-time on this whole project. And they're giving so much on top of their day-to-day lives. So shout out to them and a shout out to you to look at this retreat. Um, two and a half days that we can really from experience, not just blowing it up in our heads, but from experience, we can we can say this is going to make a, a real impact on any guy that shows up. And um, it's an incredible way to get into our community. It's kind of a, I think, and it was designed this way, but it's a perfect first experience. So look into it. Um, there's a couple different pricing options depending on your room status. Uh, if you want to room with guys or room by yourself. So look into it. Share this with some friends. You know, Come with a couple guys. Come with a brother. Invite your dad, whatever that is. Um, but I challenge you come, come check it out. This is, this is really impactful and, um, I'm going to be there and I'd love to meet you and get into it with you. So enjoy the show today. Uh, so in no real order, um, so the, one of the first things is that, we're working with a body and how traditional healthcare to psychotherapy to training, you know, the body's always been left out. And by doing that, you end up sabotaging a man's process. And it'll vary on a man, but if he's really tense, that tension is self-replicating and, and perpetuates their stress response, which uh, takes them out of relationships and just makes his life way more of a struggle than it needs to be. Yeah, and I think an example, we were just talking about this. Um, I can give myself an example of that. In in a, a professional situation, a job that I had that I, that I lost, left a year ago, I can look back now and see how stressed and tense I was. When I was there in it, it was hard to get a sense of that. Like I knew I was some part of me knew I was, but I was, it's, it was hard to feel. And you said that <clears throat> the more stress intense you are, the more disassociated you are. So the less awareness you have. And you talked about this inverse relationship between awareness and tension, which is really quite interesting. Yeah. And that sort of gets to another 
quality, which can weave that in, which is a stress one, and then gets into the dealing with PTSD. And, and that's sort of the meta. You can't really start separating them. Once you start talking about one, if you're really speaking about it in terms of affecting change, you got to bring in the other ones. So this whole body thing is, yeah, uh, what we see over the, over the years is that we're in survival. Mm-hmm. To the extent that we're in survival, we can't heal and really create. But as you said, Dan, the more we're in survival or stress, sort of the same thing, the less aware we are because the key survival skill that's hardwired into us it's to freeze. When we can't run, we can't fight, we freeze. And the freeze is to disassociate. And that's a psychological term, which means that you not be you don't you're not aware of what's happening. You're and it's like you we create this natural anesthesia so we don't feel the pain. Mm. So we can survive. Mm-hmm. The problem is that stress response is meant to be an isolated thing. Mm. So when we have the stress, we have the survival. If we can't run or fight, we freeze. But in a normal or natural environment, we come out of that freeze. We literally shake that off. And we saw that this Wednesday in our group when the yeah. man was working, he started shaking. Right. And that's that's a huge thing. It's autonomically you're discharging, releasing that stress or trauma, and the body's letting go. So what happens is, you know, in the stress situation, it's slow increments of more tension, more disassociation, less aware, and you wound up, and it affects men right. around their sleep, everything yeah. across the board, weight, health, diet, because uh, you crave different foods, relationships, sex. And- <clears throat> sex is a lot yeah. we work with a lot of men that you know they don't come to the group because they're having sexual dysfunction but what they find is as they get more connected to themselves they can get more connected to their partner and mm-hmm. that's a whole track of how sex gets better but also what happens is they start to relax and as they start to relax they start to have sex because think about it mm-hmm if a mountain lion's chasing you, the last thing you're going to be thinking about is having sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're really fucking kinky. Right. <laughs> like really got something there going There might on. be a few guys out there like that. Uh, but I'm going to be running my ass off. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in survival, you know, we're not thinking about sex. And it's not just thinking. A fucking body shuts down. Well, okay, so so that is let's let's talk about that concept or that word survival, being in survival. I, I think again, it's something we can intuitively understand what it means, but um, yeah, slow that down and let, let's let's just open that up and be very clear about what that what it what it means, what it feels like, what it looks like, and you know, just to paraphrase, you know, we're talking about PTSD, we're talking about stress, we're talking about really just this this tension in the body that gets locked up by uh, not being able to experience what's happening. So survival is a state, I'm just guessing here, survival is a state that we uh, embody, we're, we're in a state of survival when, what, when stress is high, right? Is that fair or, or what, how, how do you um, define it? Yeah, that's a part of it. Survival is something that's hardwired into us or a or, or response to survival. And, you know, as a species and certainly individually, if we don't have that response wired into us, you know, that hardwiring is not connected, we won't survive. So um, trauma and stress has the same physiology happening. It's just that trauma is more intense. 
Okay. But the way that we're hardwired is when trauma happens, or you could say stress happens, we're, you know, it's meant to happen. We're meant to take the action, fight or flight, or if we can't run or fight, freeze. Yeah. But once this the stress situation or traumatic situation leaves, then that stress or trauma should leave our body. Mm-hmm. Where it becomes PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder is when we're not able to have that stress or trauma leave our body. Right. And then it starts to accumulate. And what that means is we get tense, our nervous system gets stuck, literally stuck Mm -hmm. in that survival response, which is that sympathetic part of our autonomic nervous system. And so it's like the accelerator of the car gets stuck down. So even if you're not going any place, you stop at a stop sign, you push the clutch in, the engine's still revving. So even though you, you might not have stress in your life, your nervous system's behaving that way. And that will literally kill you, wear you out, affect your performance, because even though you don't think you're in survival or you shouldn't be in survival, your nervous system, your Mm -hmm. endocrine system, and consequently your whole body, and maybe your psychology is in survival. And one of the reasons we don't know that is because it happens gradually and everyone around us is there. So to play devil's advocate a little bit, would you say that pretty much all guys have some level PTSD? Is that fair to say? I, I would here's say, my fear. My fear would be if you say something like that, you're, you're, I mean, that's a diagnosis, right? You're saying that's a disorder, right? Well, I don't say that. I mean, some okay. people would, you know, some therapists might or um, physicians, uh, but even some of the people that, you know, that write and study PTSD wouldn't say it. So okay. it's like a continuum. Okay. And in a clinical sense, um, it's a little muted, but there's a certain part on that continuum on the end where you could get that diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But what they're finding out is you don't have to have a traumatic event or or, a few like several rapes or whatever, or being in a war zone where they're technically traumatic events to have that physiology of PTSD. And that's really what we're talking about. And so, yeah. So uh, grouping together the body again, just to repeat a grouping together the body, stress and PTSD and the the relationship between all of that. So what do we do in our groups? How does this actually, I mean, we don't sit down and talk about uh, like in my group, we don't sit down and talk about our PTSD, right? I'm, I'm wondering how does this get translated into something that, that makes sense for us. And I think the first thing that comes to me is that what I see happen to guys who sit in our groups is they fucking relax. They just relax, you know? And even if it's, if it starts out that they relax for the three hours to work together, that's a start. And then they're, they're able to sort of carry that relaxation. I mean, that's to me, um, it's an interesting word because I think on the back end of relax in our culture, come some judgments of laziness or, you know, checking out, you know, checking out, like I'm just going to relaxing means drinking a beer and sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I think is really exciting and it's, I don't know if that's the term to use just relaxation, but to me, it's an approachable term. And it, what, what you're talking about is, is really being able to go to that, those really tight, tense core places of us and then discharging or relaxing or mel- well, and melting. discharging you know can yeah. be a, and we see it sometimes in the work uh, a very specific and maybe intense like release but most of it 
usually is and, and probably should be just subtle. And, and to go back to what you were saying before, Dan, I think the, the meta for the groups, it's, it's safe. Right. It's a safe space because we can't and will not and should not. And we're certainly not wired to relax when it's not safe. Right. So when someone says, relax, Dan. Yeah. Like you said you know, yeah. about that therapist, that body therapist that worked on you. Right? Oh, yeah. She was mean. Right? So yeah. did you relax? No. 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 So you, we need to feel safe to relax. See, that's super interesting, too, because, again, that word safety, not manly, right? Not not like uh, something we strive for, not something we talk about. But that's that's one thing I've been writing about and getting a lot of really great response is this idea of creating safety in our lives. And I've been writing about it in terms of emotional safety, right? Like as man, it's our, I made up like this article that got a lot of attention that was just like, it's our job now to recognize as men in the past, we had to, the, the one of men's duties like way back was just to like, to keep us safe physically, right? That means build a shelter, keep us safe from the elements, maybe fight our enemies, keep our families safe from enemies. And, you know, and then I think financially, like that's been part of our role and our identity for millennia is that we provide, we keep ourselves, you know, healthy and safe financially, economically, all of these things. And I feel like we have missed the boat on emotional safety. We have not protected ourselves and our loved ones from the insidious and technically ignorant act that I, th- I believe that w- that we have we we ignore the emotional wellness and safety of our loved ones and therefore we just inflict we just fucking hurt each other just by ignorance we don't all know. the time right we and, just and, don't know right and so the first thing we had to deal with was physical safety right and then you're right and then and then it's financial social whatever you know it gets a little more diverse it's fused but now we have an opportunity and it's paramount to deal with emotional safety. Yeah. The but there is I can't be emotionally safe for my partner, my family, my community unless I'm safe. Right. And I'm not going to be safe with my own emotions unless I can relax into it and we get into another thing of, you know, another area is the mindfulness and, and the acceptance and awareness. If, if I have not learned it's not about getting rid of my negative emotions. It's, it's more about being with them and being safe with it. When I'm able to be safe with my emotions, yeah. whoever's with me is going to more likely be able to be safe with theirs and, and have their experience that they need to have. And out of that, actually, we'll, we can create a connection, which only deepens the safety. So that is so core. What you just said is so core. And I would say, you know, another way to say it, is just to be okay with what you feel, right? Emotionally. So uh, I talked about this with Wayne yesterday and he said, I asked him, what's the one fundamental thing you've got out of sitting in this group for fucking 11 years, whatever he's been in. And he said, I'm okay feeling whatever I feel. And that allows me to allow the people around me to feel what they feel. And he said, that has been just completely life-changing in every way. And, um, yeah, so that's, I actually think that's the heart. I yeah, mean, I mean that's, that's, that's kind of it, right? That's, that's, that's the, the, the core. core of the core. That's the core of the core. And so the body stuff is, I mean, that's sort of a way in, mm-hmm. right? So we can talk about that. And the, the, the stress and PTSD is 
what we're working to disarm or discharge mm-hmm. or, or work through, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, we're working to be more mindful and aware of that mm-hmm. so that we can step into those spaces and be there and have the, have the support and practice to begin to relax it. Right. And, and that's beautiful. That's, yeah. You said better yeah. than what I said in, in a shorter uh, few sentences. And I think one of the powers of that, and this is one of my little soapbox issues, is is that we blame way too much on psychology. Mm-hmm. And and rightly so. I think men get turned off. And what we're saying, one implication of what you're saying, is that a lot of it's physiology. Yeah. A lot of it's just how we're wired to survive. Yeah. But there's a way to unwire that, you know, that, that inappropriate response that gets locked in that we're not aware of. And it's not, you don't need to go in and dive in and, and understand and analyze and, and cathart around all your d- damn emotions right. to get well. Right. It's a lot simpler, a lot more manly, I would say, and a lot more sustainable. And as you were saying, as you develop these skill sets, Without any effort, it generalizes in the rest of your life, mm-hmm. first in your primary relationship. Yeah. So you had grouped together three, two or three other ideas just briefly a minute ago, and you said the, the mindfulness, the awareness, and I think you said something, the acceptance. Mm-hmm. So would you keep those? I mean, is that kind of a group? I'm seeing clusters emerge right. here, which is really interesting. So, so body stress, um, what was the first PTSD, one? PTSD, physiology. Yeah, so that's kind of like a... Uh, a core cluster right. that that this is based on and then yeah so let's talk about and not that they're they're obviously connected but the mindfulness the awareness the acceptance which is the i would say uh tools or applications that we use to disarm some of this other stuff is that is that uh, fair more than fair and, yeah. and then and then sort of the bridge is this somatic which is means the body yeah Connection, so the somatic mindfulness, and what you and I are really hot on, yeah. is is, and you know, I taught mindfulness for years, and I really believe in it. The, my butt is is that so often it's taught as a mental thing, mm-hmm. and it works, and it's okay. But the real power, particularly for what we're speaking about here, and what we apply in the groups in different ways, is the somatic or body connection. Because then once you start bringing in the body, you start getting into all these other things that we're talking about and you start retraining or releasing this stress and trauma in a, right. in a really natural way. Right. Yeah. I think the, so yeah, tell me more about, and this is actually, I need to know this because I talk about mindfulness all the time, but with John Kabat-Zinn was the founder or, or the originator of this, right? Well, t- yes. t- t- yeah, so yeah, I want to know, I want to know the definition of how it had how it in our culture came to be a thing what it means and i guess the biggest question that i do have for you is did it have a body focus to start did it have a somatic focus to begin with i actually have never done a course i probably fucking should i should probably understand it more so give us a minute give us a, I, I mean like if i'm going to be talking about it i should know about it oh, well yeah mindfulness has been around for thousands of years right and and it's been called different things, and it's virtually in, in any tradition. I mean, some people might call it prayer and you know, ritual, but it, and, and for me, and the essence of it is being aware, being mindful is to be aware of what's happening. Mm. And for me, it is 
the more awareness and acceptance I can have, that's the goal I have personally in my life. Externally or internally both, or both? Both. both. To, to be okay. aware of my own experience. Yeah. And be connected to myself. Yeah. Which is like the first thing of my whole emotional logarithm. Uh, being aware of myself internally and externally. Mm-hmm. And in my edge or test or quest is how much can I be aware of you know, how far can I stretch those parameters, those limits before I check out? Yeah. And 40 years ago, before I got started, my, my window, my range was like a few millimeters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was pretty yeah. wound up. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have believed how wound up I was physically and emotionally. And so once I sort of got a foot in that door and started opening it, I go, oh my God, I want more of this. And this mm. is something I can do. And it started healing physically emotional things i mean yeah so i said okay i'm gonna you know put myself into these situations which is in part you know why i started the men's group of experiencing what might be uncomfortable things and still staying in my body which means connected to my experience and feeling it yeah uh, and and with that and we get back to what we were saying if I'm connected to my experience, I can be connected to you. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because that's that's another one of I think the core seek. Not it's not secret, right? But I think it's it's hidden that in order to connect to other people, like the work starts with yourself. And you know the <clears throat> the amazing. I think one of the amazing opportunities we have right now culturally is that we have now recognized the 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 danger of isolation and the danger of poor relationships. It's it's like measured unequivocally now that the things that make us happier, whether you're a man or a woman, what make you okay are quality relationships, are deep connected relationships. I don't give a fuck, you know, how much of an ass kicker you are, how much money you're making. It's just it's 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 it is how humans are wired. It is like the fundamental it, it is the primary mover in human uh, behavior is our connections to our others, to, to our tribe, to our family, to our people, right? That is like, and so as this becomes more and more common, I mean, fuck, it's not new, you know, human no. or social, I mean, it's <laughs> been around forever. I mean, it's, it's not new at all, right? It's very old, We're, but science is in our culture where science needs to fucking do its thing. It's slow thing. And then we're like, Oh, wow. Things is this is this way. Uh, what we're offering here, what we have is a way to, I mean, it's a goddamn direct fucking elevator to a more connected and happy life because when we connect to ourselves in that way, then it's, it's like we just, it's like we're putting up new antenna, Mm -hmm. right? And we can start to feel each other. And when you start to feel each other, you have this natural way of, of uh interacting and supporting and it's 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 you know we i think like one of the things that um some guys have come into the group and one i'm thinking of in particular you know has isolated himself from his neighbors for seven years at his home he's been just overthinking his goddamn relationships like oh i don't want to make this person mad and you know just sort of like all of this heady Mm -hmm. figuring and and thinking about how to interact with other people and the dude came into the group, spent a couple weeks, just like he set a stretch just to go home and for fucking five minutes a day, it, lay in the grass, feel, it, changed his life, completely changed his life, all the way. That's just, mindfulness. Yeah. 
and it doesn't take a whole lot. It doesn't to start it. It, it, and it's better to do a little well, yeah. And it will just generalize. And to come back to what you were saying, yeah. that you know, as we said the other day, you know, one of the reasons that men often join our groups is because they want to level up in their relationship skills, so they can have a, not only a partner but a family and have a, a different kind of relationship with the kids than yeah. their father, their parents had with them. Yeah. And that's all about connection. Yeah. Because when you, you know, in all these years, when you break down what we didn't have, and we all were there in different ways, but we all didn't have the connection that not only that we wanted, but we needed with our parents. Right. That, and as you said, the research <laughs> is talking about how connection is as critical or next to being critical as the physical survival things that we need. Yeah. Well, maybe even primary before that's, that's the interest. One of the interesting things where, where we have this default place that our brain goes where, um, we have our analytical mind that pops on and then we have our social mind that pops on and the resting place, the, the place when the, the, the place it goes back to is the social place. And what it's understanding is how am I connect, like, what is my relation to my others? Because in order to get the physical survival stuff as humans way, way, way fucking back in order to find water, you had to work together in order to get food. You had to work together in order to protect yourselves. You had to work together. So in a sense, it's almost primary or right. is primary. I mean, that's the argument, right? Well, it is. And as you were inferring, that's what needs to be done so we can have the other. Right. And when we don't have it, that's when we have stress or trauma. Right. And, and that's about getting rid of the, that stress and trauma in the external world and, and from our body. Yep. So we can go back to, as you said, the default, which is connection. Exactly. And so that is, again, I, I, we're, I feel like we're just uncovering these core, core truths about what we do in these groups is that we basically have this latent, massively powerful part of ourselves, part of our brain, part of our existence that, that we, that is very, very important. And we, we are, like you said, we grew up with families and we grew up with like society and communities that I don't want to say never, right? Some people really get a deep connection and, and it's, you can kind of, you can see it in people when they've had it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. But a lot of us, you know, just that part hasn't been unleashed. That part hasn't been unlocked, but then it's so natural and it's so f- fluid when it happens. And it's such a, I can't think of a comparison. I actually can't think of well, a comparison. Well, I think there is. And yeah. then we, we sort of talked about it. Like our default is to be relaxed. Right. The stress response is a natural response, but that should not be our default. And and so right. that's sort of an internal physiological thing. Relaxation, yeah. the parasympathetic yeah. state should be the, our idol. That should be what's working 99.9% of the time. Isn't that crazy? But it's not. But parallel and linked to that is we should be connected. Yeah. And what we're not, we're yeah. not connected to ourselves yeah. and we're not connected to some, you know, you could say nature, but we're certainly not connected to other people. But again, just like with the stress phenomena and the body phenomena, it's been so long for each of us individually and, and us collectively as a culture, we have lost this. And as you said, yeah. now science and maybe medicine to some extent and, and psychotherapy is starting to say, hey guys, we're missing it. Yeah. And, and when we deal with these phenomena, not only are we happier, not only are we more productive in a way that really works for us and ourselves, but we live better. We live longer. It take, you know, well, cause, yeah, because these other things 
literally kill us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we're seeing and what we're hoping to address, what we are addressing is that uh, some of the most amped up, stressed out beings on the planet are our guys in our culture because we have been shown and taught and, and just guided by example that all we can do is push harder. All we can do is, is hold on tighter. And that's how and, you're a man. Yeah. You're more of a man if, if you push harder and yeah. you're, you know, and you're, you make more money, you lift more weights. And again, I'm all for all that. Yeah. But when that's yeah. how you judge your, your manliness and your success and how worthy you are, that's a dead end. Well, and again, and we said this yesterday, but to me, the danger there is thinking it's an either or. And that's what I, I mean. If there's one like thing yes. we could just lift out of the culture and say is that if you're more relaxed and you're more connected, then it's, you're either that or you're kicking ass. I mean, I'm more relaxed, connected, and happy right now in my life. I'm kicking way more fucking ass right now than I ever have. You know, it's, yeah. it's not an And you're having or. more fun doing it. Oh, I feel, I feel absolutely. I feel, I feel better. And you're more way. connected and, you know, to Duke and Elise, to your friends, to your group, yeah. to your business partners. And now yeah. to every guy that wants to join us. Yeah. I mean, it's like your rippling of your connection just happens and it starts with how connected you are and, and how relaxed you are. Yeah, I, I think that that word keeps jumping out to me, relaxed. It really is. And it's not that I'm always, you know, I th- it's so interesting to the the concept of relaxing. Like it's, um, I don't know, maybe I'm curious. I, I actually haven't looked into this a bunch, but where I grew up, right? Like my, the family concept is to just to work. Yeah, right? like, you're from the Midwest. I grew up a worker, you know, like, and I mean, it's true and it's not. It's not like I worked that hard in school or anything, but. Um, the idea of work ethic was very primary in my family. You know, like I learned as a young man to, when I was working to work really hard and to, you know, give it, and, and I actually, I'm not digging on that at all. Actually not at all. I mean, I think, I think like that was massively important and yes. helpful and all that, but, um, it's interesting. I, you know, it's, I, I would love to sort of go back and replay the, I don't know the level of, of relaxing or, or tensing sort of where I was. It's, it's interesting to look back on, on my young life and, and try to gauge how tense I was and how relaxed I was because so, to my mind, right to my mind, a lot of time, like my, I look at high school, I, I was in sports teams. I had a girlfriend. I worked hard on a pig farm. I like did all these things. I worked hard everywhere except for school. I never worked hard at school, but I, but I worked hard and in some sense, it just felt like a, like I was, it was like a blissful, mm-hmm. amazing time for me. But what I wasn't aware of is that underneath that, I think was some pretty rigid shit, you know? Right. And you weren't yeah. aware of it. I wasn't, and very few young men are. And, and again, I, it's not our fault. No, no. Yeah. You know, and, you know and, I, and it's not our fault for a lot of reasons. One, we didn't have this model. Two, everyone around us was amped up. Three, you know, we as men were told directly and indirectly that our value was performance and we had to perform at any cost. Yeah. Uh, we, we were trained not to be connected. So, I mean, you had all these co-creating affects that sort of compound each other. And then, you know, we get into this work and we wake up one day and go, oh, shit. Yeah. I've never been connected. I've never been relaxed. Right. 
And I agree 100%. It's, it's not about being passive because, you know, often we hear relaxation is about being passive. But the the edge or the or the not the edge the where it gets connected is being able to be relaxed as you're active. Yeah, and yeah. You know, I've worked with a lot of elite athletes, Olympic athletes, professional athletes, and they get it. Yeah, maybe they didn't get it in the beginning, but as they start to plateau or maybe as their career starts to go down a little, they realize that yeah, they have the knowledge, the mu- muscle memory, and all the skills. But what takes them out is their tension. Really? Yeah. And to the point where it sets up their injuries. Mm, yeah. And they go, oh, maybe if I was more relaxed, uh, it would work better, my mm. body. And now, yeah, it works better. But then they go back to having more fun. Yeah. And they go, wow, playing baseball wasn't this much fun until, you know, until, you know, until I was back into school. And it was fun. But as I became a professional athlete, it just got less and less fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's something that everybody can relate to and see in 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 the example of a, of an athlete. Like you look at somebody, like I mean, I'm fucking old, so I'm gonna say Michael Jordan. But think think about like the the greatest basketball player living, and you watch them play, and their focus is 100. percent And but you don't see them like all tense and and all fucking just wound up, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like the 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 state of performance is one of focused relaxation and, 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 you know, commitment, I I think. Well, I agree. And this is another one of our qualities, which is what we're teaching. And again, as you said, we don't sit there uh, or stand there at a lecture and, you know, on a blackboard and lay it out. No, we just do it in the process of doing a group and we're teaching the flow state. Right. And that's the the bridge between being relaxed and performing at a peak level is being in that, peak experience flow state which is you know and i'm into it i've been reading about it for years practicing it i mean that's my edge how can i be in the flow state which is parallel to my thing i said a few minutes ago about being fully aware fully accepting and mindful of everything that's occurring in and outside of me yeah i'm glad you brought that up i think that's um i haven't really gone there a whole lot but i have had the thoughts about I, I mean, the flow state's a big thing or has been a trend or, or, or you know, a, a thing that people are, are somewhat obsessed with. And I read that literature. I look at those articles and I, and I think about it. I'm like, huh, do they know how to get there? Because we do. I mean, it seems that way, doesn't it? It's really I mean, pretty simple. Yeah. And so there's a lot of analysis. And what I've read is brilliant. Uh, great stories. But like so many of these things that we're dealing with, no one's really saying, how do you do it? Let alone, how do you do it in a simple, cheap, easy, quick, and sustainable way? Yeah. And, you know, I I, I sort of resist saying this because I don't believe in panaceas and I I don't want to promote anything as being a panacea. That said, uh, what we're doing and what I've seen over the years of doing this is it really is pretty simple and it works. and, 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 and maybe the most essential way what we're doing is bringing us back to our natural states. Yeah. Which is connectedness, yeah. mindfulness, relaxation, flow. That should be our default. So that's why it's so simple. And, what, and, and that's why we're able to do it in these groups. Because first, as we were saying earlier, it's safe. Yeah. And, and another thing that I talk about is that 
because it's so natural, it's in our genome. It's, hmm. it, it's, it's an instinctual behavior that's gotten unlearned. But you put men in, in a safe environment, and we can talk about what that is, and men start taking these emotional, excuse me, emotional risks or these, these awareness or yeah. acceptance risks, whatever that is, yeah. and then other guys start taking it, and it's a cumulative thing, yeah. and we start directly and indirectly supporting each other in doing that, and we all start to relax, we start to connect, and you know, our groups are four hours. Yep. And they always have been, for, you know, 12 years, or all our groups are four hours. Inevitably, guys say every week, every Wednesday night at the end, it doesn't seem like four hours. Yeah. It just goes so <clears throat> quick because we're in the flow state. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's real. It's true. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's pretty crazy. And I think the practical effects, you know, that we see over and over now is that uh, you come in, you tap into this state, you relax enough to loosen up, to start feeling, and you you do that, and and you begin to get in a place of a, a much healthier operation mode, just in general. Like your whole being is operating at a higher level, and then all of a sudden you you start uh, making the changes in life you you've, we've been wanting to forever, right? Like, man, this guy started in my group this year and just came in a fucking tight wound up uh, unconfident guy that just like was hurting and it didn't take long at all and all of a sudden he quit his job he started his own business he's been wanting to for fucking eight years <laughs> he's killing it he's busier with work he's ever been and you know i mean it's not like not like life's perfect already but like he took some huge steps Huge, huge steps. And you can say, yes, it's part of it is simply the support of the group. It's the accountability for following through. That's true. But, but yeah, I think what we're saying is, is he at a fundamental level was able to relax enough through his fears, through his stuff. And like, I mean, be more mobile, be more proactive, be more able, fluid. Be, be more fluid, be able to take action. Right. And it's, we, you keep saying it and I agree with you. It's, it is really fucking simple. And I like the idea of it being our natural state. I don't think there's anything more true than that. I mean, what it feels to me like coming home, but, mm-hmm. but it's, it's actually for me really a, a scary return. Well, it's it like, is scary. Holy shit. Could it life is scary. I'm glad you be, brought it up could this because be, it is scary. Could, could life actually be this good? Could well, I feel this good? That's it, scarier to me, and I think it's scary for a lot of guys to feel good. Well, what? yeah, let's go a little deeper. What makes it scary in feeling good? Because someone says, Dan, I'm going to have you, I'm going to help you feel good, and, and you think, well, give it to me. Yeah. I want it right now, but there's a but. What's the but? What's the fear? For me, it's it's a it's a feeling of intensity. It's a feel of overwhelm. It's uh, it's the unknown. It's sort of a fear of chaos in a sense. I, I don't. It, it's like maybe there's something under that. Um, well, and I think for me and for others, I've seen it's a fear of change, losing control, sure. which is chaos. You know, yeah, the that, chaos. Yeah. It's also, if, with that, a fear of giving something up. As miserable as my uh, life might be, uh, I'm sort of in control, maybe not in control, but I know it's the familiar. Right. 
but change right. is hard. Yeah. Which gets us back to that's why we need a tribe and community. Yeah. Because very few of us, particularly us men, can do that kind of change on our own. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that's the, so last night we, we were talking and, and really isolated a couple things that guys uh, report back that they get from our group and the things they value about our groups, brotherhood and accountability. And it's the account. That's what we're talking about. The accountability piece right now, which is, um, that community, which is this, it is, I mean, I don't think you could design it better. It's a supportive, warm, firm system of accountability where, all it takes is guys to just basically be there with you. When you say you want something, I want to take this action. I'm like, I've always wanted it. It will make me happier. It will fulfill me. It'll be better for my family. It'll be better for, I'm going to bring more love into the world. If I take this action, you say you're going to do it in the next week, you come back and I'm there. I'm like, well, and, what happened? Right. That's it. And, That's and all I'll it even break takes. that down further yeah. because guys, we don't know. We think we know what's, what action we need to take to get what we really want. Right. But what we find in this group is what we really want, and you find it. Yeah. We help you find it. We don't fucking tell you. Yeah. We help you find it. We help you connect to what you really fucking want. Yeah. And that's simple, but huge. Because what we think we want, we've been programmed on. So what do you really want? And once you really feel what you want, you have this connection. And then we go, what do you need? And then we help you find what you need to do to get what you want. Yeah. And we help chunk it down, you know, so it's attainable. And then, like you said, every week, we, we help you get to what you want. So there's yeah. two parts of what we do. There's the feeling, releasing, the emotional part which is what you know people would think a men's group sort of does it was a lot of parts but then the next part of that level is the want so yeah. it's what do you feel what do you want uh and, and those two get, questions i think that should be the name of a book right i, I mean when i work with guys one-on-one -on -one and in my group that has become the, the the central thing i say over and over more than anything right and it, it's it's like a it's like a, it it works it's almost a universal it's in terms of, of, of dealing with whatever's there right now. Um, those so, two questions, what right. do you, and like you feel? You talked about you know, you having a, like a cheat sheet for leading a group. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that should be your mantra. That's it. That is my mantra. Yeah. You know, when confused, I go, what do I feel? Which gets me connected, which might relax me. And at first it might, I might feel some anxiousness or whatever. Cause I'm, you know, I'm going through that, that space of going from where I'm at to where I want to be. And then, you know, I got to feel what's keeping me out from being in yeah. that space. So whatever feeling it is, I got to feel it and relax. And then I, and so there's a connection to the, the felt sense, physical, yeah. emotional, whatever else. Yeah. And then what I want in some way usually goes towards connection, mm -hmm. which does, doesn't mean, again, I'm going to want to go around hugging people. I might want to make some money, yeah. but I need to do that in relationship to people. Yeah. Uh, so... There's another whole sort of phenomena here that you touched on, which is, you know, the group's sort of the formal practice. Right. You know, that's our, you know, we say that's like our dojo. Every week right. we work out. Right. Yeah. But the real power comes from the informal work. Taking the release, the skills, and, and the experience that you have in the group and applying it to the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's where, as you were talking about, you know, the stretches and, and the accountability gets in. Yeah. Because we get, we will throw out a guy, we will push a guy, whatever, where he's, if he's not doing his work outside the group mm -hmm. and we're doing it all with him or 
quote, forum in the group, that won't work. But it's such an elegant system that the group itself is set up to to highlight that, right? I mean, like, you immediately know if a guy is bullshitting you mm-hmm. or, or, you know, and if... I mean, I, th- I think that's the elegance of what we do is that it, it, it just all happens naturally, right? All of, all of that. Like if, if you are, if you are taking steps, if you're following through with your stretches each week, and I think that is such a simple, elegant way to, to, to do the informal practice. Well, it's like, what is it. one fucking thing? Just one thing each week. If everybody were to take the commitment to do one thing each week to, um, I, I yeah I don't want to I want I don't want to fly past the 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 two main questions again I I want to say something about that the what do I feel and what do I want I believe that the power of those two questions is immeasurable to me it's immeasurable and I and I think it's worth saying that I'm exploring why why is that so powerful I part of it to me is that it's because it's ignored in general or or it's not we don't go there. Um, but the other thing that I'm finding as I work with the guys is that when you really, truly, truly, truly go there for both of those, both of those questions, when you go all the way there, you open a door and the door is a lot harder to close. It, it, it's like some reality hits you. So, you know, I, I sit and I feel and maybe I haven't been present to what has been going on with me inside. And there's a term that I want to bring up and and it's called interoception and it's the it is the the, the awareness of what's inside of you. It's the awareness of, of your own state. It's physical and it's energetic. It's it's just like when you turn that up, when you, when you dial that in and you feel something, it's like I'm sad. Holy shit. I'm sad. Like if you really really let yourself feel that. You, you kind of can't unfeel it. You, right. you you can't and you have to reckon with it. What does it, what does it mean? But not right? in a mental way. No. Yeah. Well, both, I would say, right? Well, but, I mean, but both. I say that because yeah. most guys, when they hear that, the first thing they think about is what does it mean in the mental way, in an analysis way? And again, it's with everything. It's not an either or. Yeah. But I want to sort of champion that weaker muscle in us, which is the, what does it mean emotionally? What does it mean semantically? What does yeah. it mean in relationship with others? Uh, and, and those are the skills that we haven't been taught. Right. And to me, the, you know, the basic skill that, that is, I think, easy to teach and transmit and practice is it is, it is like working out. You know, it's like when you start running, it's like, okay, I can run for 20 minutes. Now I'm a little more fit. I can run for 25 then I can run for a half hour, whatever that is. Like how long can you actually be with that? I call it an exercise, right? So the sadness I'm going to, how how can I more deeply and and on a longer way just simply feel it? That's it. Like 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 just let it be there, be with it, feel it all the way. How deeply can I feel it? That's to me the the simplest practice. I mean, and that's what we do in our group in Bozeman. It's, I mean, that's it really in a lot of ways. And we're getting back to what we talked about before. That's relaxation. You cannot feel if you're in survival. Right. That's how we are hardwired and yeah. should be. Yeah. So as we relax, we have the opportunity to feel. And if we feel, we just naturally relax more. Right. So we go in, we go, we slow down, we, we, we become introspective. You know, we, we have this experience of all of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So our world, maybe in some ways you might say contracts within. Mm-hmm. Once you sort of land 
with a deeper connection with yourself, with an experience, acceptance, and all these other things we're talking about, then keeping that, keeping that connection, you start to open up and you mm-hmm. become vulnerable. Yeah, Vulnerable to others. And it's like, all right, I, I feel myself. I'm connected. Oh, yeah. oh, now you just said something, Dan. Yeah. And I can, you know, I feel the tears in my eyes. I, I feel my heart. I feel the sadness. And, and you know, and, great. I'm being vulnerable. I'm developing empathy. Right. You know, Renee Brown, you know, the yeah. champion of vulnerability. This is yeah. what she talks about. Yeah. And then the third thing. So once you got the, you know, the re- release and, and your own connection, and then you're open up to experiencing yeah. other people, and then you go to the want, you go to the reaching out, you go to, right. all right, I'm going to, I got this ground, I'm going to stay there, I'm going to stay yeah. planted in my experience, and I'm going to be vulnerable, and I'm going to reach out, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for something, I'm going to go for a connection, I'm going to go for what I want, yeah. and when I lose my own connection, I'm going to go back. Exactly. And yeah, before we dive too much into the want, I want to say that the the function and the power of the group and uh, here's the amazing thing is that this deeper feeling of oneself is completely, completely uh, noticeable and measurable in those around you. Right. So and this is this is the this is like another fundamental, powerful thing that we do in our groups is that when I'm actually fucking sad, when I'm relaxed enough to be in there. Every man in that group is there with me, like really fucking there with me. That is like for guys in groups and guys that are starting groups. And, and they, to me, that is that is your litmus test at every moment is do I feel connected to this man? Can I feel? And, and I mean, th- here's the, the I mean, I'm, I'm guessing science has figured this out, but it's fucking wild. It's wild how much of another's experience you can be a part of and that's what we practice and that's connection right that's actual connection and that's not that's not some weird fucking woo woo thing that's fucking neurophysiological well, that's they, like they, like they we have shown that and they've shown yeah. it in, in different ways and so the one of the questions I'll often, often ask a guy so so you know, say you're speaking and and Joe's sitting next to you and I go Joe Dan just spoke for 2 minutes yeah do you do you What's your desire? Don't think about it. what do you feel? Do you want to? You you feel you want to be closer to him? Are you attracted to him? Yeah. I mean, are you drawn in, or are you repelled? Yeah. And you're right. When a guy sinks down to whatever his truth is, right. Every guy relaxes, and every guy in this sort of emotional, energetic, or connection way yeah. is sort of drawn in, is attracted. If guys literally sit up in their seats. Yes. They're focused on the guy yes. and, and they're in a vulnerable space. Yeah. They're not judging They're And, and that, and then that plays back for that guy is for the first time and maybe in his life, he's going, Oh shit. Yeah. Who I am and what I'm feeling is okay. Yeah. Because it's okay for these other guys yeah. and it's never been okay. And that, that is the thing that causes PTSD. Mm is that we had these experiences, particularly traumas, and we were told more subtly often than consciously that it wasn't okay to have the rest of that experience. So we shut down and we stayed shut down. And so in the group, some guy just maybe for the first time in his life, he says, I feel sad. When he says it, and not only is he not rejected, not only do people move away, they sit up. No, yeah. That is the that is what the, we need to pull the veil back on the world to the world and say, 
you know, this, this fucking fear that everybody has about being vulnerable and being emotional and being real. The, the stigma is that it is, it will push people away. The stigma is that, it, and, and the, the, the reality couldn't, that couldn't be further from the truth. It couldn't like, I mean, this is being like, our statistics are fucking solid here. Like, you know, like we bring, I bring 30 guys into a, into a barn for a weekend and it is apparent within five minutes within five minutes of these guys who have never done this before, who come in with all of these fears and these stigmas about this stuff, the stuff that's just like been, been, you know, uh, somehow forced upon them by culture and everything in their life. And they come in five minutes later after I show them what the fuck we're doing. It's, it's, it's magic, man. It's, 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 oh, it's it, not magic. I don't want to call it that. It's, it's, it's natural. It's, it's natural. There. It's just it's that natural. we got to get rid of the shit that prevents yeah. us. Yeah. Because we all want it. Yeah. We all want it. And we, as you were saying, we need it not just to survive and be healthy, but we need yeah. it to nourish our souls. And yeah. it's not some woo-woo or religious thing. It's just, it's just we're tribal beings. Yeah. And 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 we need that. And when we get it, you know, we start to get the connection. And through connecting with others, we can connect to ourselves. Yeah. And then again, what happens is <laughs> this is an ongoing joke for us, and you probably have in your group. The best sex these fucking guys have is the night of their <laughs> Of the men's group. Why? Because they're relaxed? They're relaxed and they're connected. Yeah. And they know what they want. Yeah. And they don't have, they don't equivocate. Oh, cool. I want to pull that out. Relaxed, connected, and they know what they want. That seems like we should almost write that down. Guys are relaxed, connected, and they know what they want. And that's the flow state. Yeah. And, and they go home and, and I hear it. I hear it through the men, but I've even heard it from some of the women. The guy walks in the door and the woman's all over him mm. in a good way. It's like, Wow, you turn me on. Yeah. And the guy's not thinking about it. He doesn't have a fucking book going, okay, uh, 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 turn this page. I, this is what I should do with my woman. Yeah. I think I, I'm feeling a little bit of social justice warrior jumping up. We have to say, I mean, maybe it's a man who's all over you too. Or, or maybe, you know, not to be. Maybe your partner. Too, maybe not to be too heteronormative there. But yeah, your partner or whatever. Yeah. I, I think, you know, whatever. That's not a big deal. But the so the connection. So so that is to me, we just fully flushed out the the what what I feel like the first question, what do I feel the next one? What do I want? I want, I want to dive into that a little bit too, because, um, and this is, this is a little bit esoteric, but in, in contemplative traditions, in certain contemplative traditions, I I believe there's people who practice the idea of, of, um, I'm coming kind of from a Buddhist perspective here, but there's this idea of any want is, uh, is wrong. Like any, 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 any want is somehow impure or anything like that. But there's other traditions and ones that I align more with are you honor and you completely let go into the sense of, uh, of the, uh, of, of want of desire of attraction of, of need because you can't do away with it. Right. I mean, look at the goddamn Catholic church or, or look, look at these institutions that, that are repressive in their nature. Like you repress your desires, you repress your wants. And the, there's, I, I'm seeing a really interesting dynamic between what I feel and what I want, because we're so afraid to want what we want. I mean, look at American culture. Like I may, you know, whether it's sex whether it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like there's different levels of permission for, for our wants, right? Like money is something that we all have permission to want, right? It's just sort of like a given, like I want a lot of money. Yeah, of course you do. So do I. 
I want a lot of sex. Ah, eh, I mean, uncomfortable, right? Uh, you, you know, I want uh, new iPhone, a new new material yeah, thing. So some things are full permission wants. A lot of things, and I think some of the deeper things, you know, the fulfillment, the connection, the 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 that kind of thing. It gets murky and it gets messy. And so a lot of, (laughs) I see this thing happen when if you admit you want something, you're going to have these feelings arise that, that like, I don't know, tension arise, sort of fear, maybe, maybe sad, whatever the cocktail of experience is. But when we don't allow ourselves to want what we want, if we can't be open and honest about that, there becomes, you know, the sticking points. And so, and that keeps us where we are, we are in a lot of ways. 100% 100% agree. And it becomes yeah. like this um, emotional, maybe somewhat somatic sort of cancer. I mean, we yeah. it's like one part of uh, my right hand wants to reach out and then I grab with my left hand and yeah. pull it back and, yeah. then I, and I get tenser and tenser and it's yeah. like an ongoing isometric kind of exercise and I'm all locked up. Yeah. And there's a whole sort of avenue of work that we do with some guys in the, these groups, which is just saying what they want, feeling it and being okay. And, and maybe it's not what they really want, but they have to get it out. And then right. it's the same with emotions. You get it out and you get it out. And then you get to the deeper feelings and the deeper wants. Yeah. But you, you, can, you don't get there until you start to use this sort of general mindfulness and acceptance phenomena yeah. and be aware of it and speak it. Yeah. It's a huge thing about having a witness, you know, having your community hear it. And you know, we get into, you know, there's this subtle shame happening in the culture, yeah. but in these groups, there's no shame for wherever a man experiences, he's accepted, which is a hard concept. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But, but through that acceptance, guys keep going deeper. And this is one of our other tenets is take the man deeper yeah. to his own experience. And suddenly, you know, not subtly, but eventually he hits his floor. Right. And then, you, and then we talk about what's your deepest calling. That's even that's beyond your goals, beyond your wants, beyond your even your mission and purpose. It's like what's what's the deepest river of, of who you are, and where yeah. is it taking you, and what's that quality of that? Yeah. What do you really want to do to contribute? And one of the things that you know, we haven't directly talked about that drives men into this work and these groups, and they get out of it, is finding how they can contribute. Yeah. And that, yeah. and, and that maybe is the ultimate one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I think you see a pattern of, of guys sort of getting to that at, later in life or at some point in life, but I'm seeing younger and younger. I mean, the millennials, like they want, like that's, it's been studied, you know, they want to give back, like they want meaningful work. They want to be part of something. And I think that's to, great. Yeah. That's one reason I love the millennials, but I got a warning here mm-hmm. as a boomer. Mm-hmm. We had that too. Oh, you did? Yeah. The but is you got this window, and this is where I, I where I see these guys coming. It's like the or that door is starting to close mm. because yeah, we had a lot of that as as boomers, and when I grew up, you know, we were going to change mm. the world. Mm. But what happened? You could say know. we sold out, we did yeah. this, we did that. Yeah. Stress took over, life took over, and it didn't have to. It yeah. didn't have to. And I think you guys at late twenties, early thirties, you know, they're going out of that, the age of, you know, living life to be, uh, as an adventure to explore, to learn, to discover, to, yeah. okay, they want to create a life. Yeah. But how do you integrate what you learned and what you enjoyed about your venture and, and that journey quality and wanting to contribute and bring it into the real world. I mean, this more established world with all its institutions. Yeah. 
How yeah. do you do that? And and there's this time that it's not that you can't do it or go back later on. Right. But it's it's a lot harder. Hmm. But you have the momentum and everything else that you had in say your twenties. Um, how do you apply that to make you know to be this round peg fitting into the square yeah. hole of this culture? And I think you can do it. And my presupposition is that we it's not that we can't do it alone but it's very hard and very unlikely but we can do it with our tribe yeah yeah uh, yeah i think that uh i mean and, and again that is the uh, i think one of the, the the core attributes of the millennials is that is that they are trying to to tribe up right they're trying to get together they're trying to not do it alone. They're trying to not be alone. And I, th- I that's why I think we're really well positioned right now for, for what we're doing, because right. I think this really um, calls out to that. Um, so the wanting muscle, the, 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 the same sort of relaxation that we practice with feeling, we practice that with wanting, right? It's like, can I just let go, relax, clearly state, this is what I want. And I want to go back to the concept you said of your deepest calling and, and make a bit of a, clarification that you know the the concepts of of purpose and mission has been something that's been sold to men for a long time and is really helpful and really really impactful and i i i'm in some ways a a big fan and then in some ways um i think it's complicated and confusing but i to clarify what we're saying is that with this supported relaxation that we're doing with our groups with our tribe what I want to tell guys is that we don't have to cling and we don't have to, and it's, I think it's against what we are taught or what we think it's counterintuitive in a sense, but, but we can trust that when we, when we get down to that ground of who we are, we get down to that relaxed place, that, that direction and that calling and that purpose is just really fucking clear. It just, it's just it, really it fucking you. right. Exactly. So it's a reductionistic. It's it's like a peeling back the layers process. It's a it's a letting go process, and and that is the thing that I see every guy in our groups go through. Mm-hmm. It's that moment when I recognize, fuck. I just I just gotta be me. I just gotta honor who I am and what I feel, and that is, and that's a door you can't close. Right. You know, I mean, I guess you could, right? Yeah, but I mean, right. that's like the, know, the final door. But when you've landed and you're, you hit your ground yeah. and, and you're more or less connected to your feeling or you can be there and you've had some feelings, you've gotten rid of some stuff and all that, and now you're getting connected to what you want, you realize what you really want. Yeah. And It's and, just there. And until it's just then... There. It's superfluous. This, the, and I believe, and I agree. This, this stuff about purpose is important, but so often it's a heady thing. Yeah, we're trying to figure it out from our head, and you know, and and I think what I want is right. I feel like that's the normal well. I read stance. this book, I did this yeah. workshop, and then you know, yeah. I did this little process, and I, I think I want this. Well, you're probably going in the right direction. What I should want is, you know, it's some combination of that. I think, right. or I should, or or. Wow, if I did this, man, then I, you know, it, it's that it's that projective sort of um, descriptive, not descriptive, but I'm sorry, prescriptive way of looking at purpose. And, and that gets into, you know, I think there's a relationship between purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. And so, we, you know, we talk a lot about passion. Um, 
and they go together. But again, the passion really comes, as you were saying, you know, when, when we land on our ground and we're connected and then that purpose and sort of passion finds us. Yeah. And the passion is a fuel that drives the purpose. Yeah. And you and you really can't have purpose, you know, your real purpose, and it's going to change through life, but you can't have what you need that's right for you in, in that time in your life unless you have some passion. How do you think guys can measure or know or, or trust their, their passion or their purpose? I think that's a good question. And, and as you were saying earlier, it's, it's an iterative process. It's a process of learning skills, letting go of things, getting connected, all the things we're talking about, and being willing to be wrong. Mm. And so what I've seen over the years is there's a lot of us, and I was one of them, we're too fucking nice. Mm. Most of the guys that come in are too nice. Mm-hmm. And we've been trained to be too nice. And we're really afraid to go for, let alone, you know, really speak for what we really feel we want. Yeah. And and so some of the biggest breakthroughs we've had for some of these men is when they got mad. Yeah. When they really got mad. And often it's at me. I mean, I've had guys screaming in my face three inches from me. And I'm just letting them do it. Yeah. Because that's the first time in their life they let it rip. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes later, they're hugging me, crying me, and telling me they love me. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't make them wrong. I accepted them. Because mm-hmm. w- it wasn't about his anger. It was about what was deeper. Right. And then once he did that, maybe a few times or whatever, once he sort of purged, you could say the anger, but it, it, it's it's more than that. We can talk about that. But once he once that starts to move... Then he starts to feel his passion. Yeah. And then he can go for what he really wants or go into a process of discovering what he wants. Yeah. I think it, there's a cool analogy again, back to what we talked about last time we sat down about the, the beaver dam or the dam and you have this river and, um, you know, a, a dammed up river that all of a sudden gets an influx of water and it floods, right? It's destructive. Like it, it's like there's a rainstorm, all of this energy, emotion comes, you know, the dam holds and, you know, spreads out, kills shit, you know, kind of destruction, moves people out of their homes, all that stuff. And, and yeah, so I, I think that, I don't know, just going back to that analogy of sort of loosening that dam one stick at a time, this anger, you know, this, this anger is a big one. This anger is really, a, a really big one. And um, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going, but we were talking about being able to relax to find your purpose and, and your calling, right? And, and, and it's just and this natural... And the anger thing was linked to the passion. Got it. So, Got so, it. The, so the purpose is, you know, you might say sort of the frame, the, not just intellectual, but, you know, yeah. but the passion is the fuel, the energy, the, the fire that drives the purpose. Mm-hmm. And again, so I asked, how do you know how, how can you test? How can you? So I, I just want to put out there for me that when I, I my litmus, te, litmus test for what I'm doing is does it does it does it bring me energy, connection and fulfillment? Right. Does it does it does it how what is my actual felt so what's state? energy and fulfillment? Well, I'll give an example. So I recently started coaching guys one-on-one. I was afraid of it for a long time. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Uh, the, the, the moment I get off a call with a guy or out of a meeting, I check in with myself. My body feels light. I feel energized. I feel, um, 
elevated in a sense. I feel con- like like it, it it drives connection for me, and 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 it, and I feel a, you know, I just I just feel better. That's it. I just feel better, and you know, sometimes it's heavy, and sometimes it's that, but the general feeling that I get is 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 better. And I'll contrast that to my last career when I was making making film and media. At the end of a day, I felt fucking depleted. I felt like I I just like scrambled all day and got nowhere. And so, one of the things I, I know about you, Dan, and admire about you, beyond the tenacity, which that's part of it, is that. You take the long view, and you're willing to do the work to get to the sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, often we yeah, we got to do work to to get to that zone where it is sweet. Yeah. And you know, and I think in some ways you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now and having it be so sweet unless you did all that shit that was sort of shit. Yeah. And and yeah. and so I want to say to these guys, you know, that these bliss states don't happen immediately. And, oh, no. and there's some work, no. but you got to take the long view and you can't give up. And it's easier to give up when you're doing it alone. Well, I see it in the same way that um, you, you basically, you know, what I feel and, and this, you know, this won't last. But right now I'm in a short period of stabilization. Like I, like I, I, I just consistently am feeling really amazing. Just feeling very on point, very connected. You know, I have my ups and downs, just like always. But but in general, I feel stabilized in something in a way I never had before. But I know for a fact that in our groups, um, from day one, literally from probably day one, I got a flash of it, right? Or I got a I got a feeling of it, or I got a I got this experience in my body that was like, oh wow, okay, that's possible. And then, you know, obviously it's not a panacea. It's, it's not a fix all like, fuck it, not even close. Right. It's, but it's, it just becomes a practice. Mm-hmm. It just simply becomes a practice to feel, relax, move forward, feel, relax, move forward. And, um, and then, and then to go back to what you're saying, feel, relax, move forward. Okay. What do I want? Yeah. What do I want? Yeah. And, and be willing to try things and fail. And that's yeah. one of the, another thing that I really encourage men to do. And we back away from is fail. Across the board, and every way and realm of your life, in relationships with business, in the group particularly, and being willing to make a mistake and even make a fool of yourself. Yeah, yeah. So we said, yeah, feel, relax, move forward. You added in there, you know, the the question, what do you want? And and um, I would, yeah, and I would add in there from from just previously, we said, feel, relax, connect, want decide, move forward. And so there's another thing I want to kind of insert in there too. And it's this idea of commitment or, or sort of, and that's where the accountability comes in. But, um, I know for myself that I think a real leap of maturity from where I was eight years ago to now is, 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 uh, is a relaxed commitment to things. So, you know, and, and what you said, doing the work to get to a, a better place. Right. And, you know, an example is my marriage. Like it hasn't been easy, mm-hmm. it, but there was something from day one. I was all in. There was a commitment level. There was, there was like, I trusted. I continually felt, I continually uh, relaxed, tried to connect. And man, it was, it was, it was rocky. It was well, and you times. get relaxed, which again, that's not a panacea because sometimes you relax, you just feel more oh, yeah. anxious or whatever, oh, more yeah. confused. Yeah. But what happens when these, when we take on a big, commitment that we don't know how we're going to do we don't even know if we're going to succeed at yeah it brings everything up 
But it, it gets back to, and so it's a sort of a parallel, that I realized, because hey, I was sort of a dumb guy and I was always banging myself literally sometimes into walls. And I started to realize that, you know, as we said the other day, life is the biggest guru mm-hmm. and the biggest teacher and catalyst. And it was like life was trying to teach me stuff and I was just banging myself into all the walls. Yeah. Uh, and I started to, to realize that, okay, chaos is going to happen in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen in everyone's life. And it happens in these groups. And we were talking about it yesterday. So knowing that, I go, well, I can be proactive or reactive around chaos or life. Hmm. So I decided, and this is sort of what I see you doing, is maybe not in a real uh, deliberate way, but this is more importantly, this is what you're doing, is to say, okay, I'm going to take something bigger on that I don't know how I'm going to do. I mean, a year ago, (laughs) every year, I have a new one. So like a year ago, it was doing a TED Talk or TEDx Talk. I'm a guy that grew up with a speech impediment and I used to hate public speaking. I don't now, but still, that was a push. The biggest part of it was, remembering 18 minutes of a speech right? Uh, with my dyslexia. But I said, you know, I'm going to take it on because I want my message to get out there and I want to help these guys. Yeah. And on a selfish level, <laughs> I need to take something on that's going to produce chaos. Mm-hmm. I want to I determine what the chaos is. Right. And to get back to the groups, joining a group is a little of that yeah. for a guy. Oh, yeah. And then you get the support, and then you start, you know, each week you get another little, okay, what's my chaos that I'm going to take on? I'm going to be the driver of yeah. my life and not have life driving me. And that's, that. Uh, it's the concept of challenge, right? Challenging yourself and being challenged by other guys, right? I, I mean, would you equate that, like the, the challenge that you agree to take on is that chaos? Like the unknown? Yeah, it, and... Yeah. and, and and can willing, I do this? Can yeah, I step up to this? Can I step up to this? Can I get the help? Can I, when am I going to do the work? And am I willing to fail? Yeah. You know, and I did something uh, you, less than a year ago. I did this big launch and it, and it failed primarily because of technical difficulties, but it failed. Yeah. And so I had grief, but I didn't have regret. And, and so working with myself and others, I found that when shit happens or falls apart, we have two things. We have grief mm. and we might have regret. Hmm. Regrief, you, you get over. Hmm. Regret is when when you didn't take the risk that you knew you could have and you didn't go for Should've, it. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. And then you, you and you don't you never have that time back again. Right. Interesting. And that freezes men more and more and more. Yeah. Uh, grief, you you know you get over, and as you do what we're saying, you get over each time easier and easier hmm. because you're not dealing with all the water behind that dam. Right. Uh, and so you're just dealing with the grief of that moment. And so I don't want, and that gets into, you know, deliberately seeking out challenge or possible chaos because I don't want to have regret. Right. Right. And that gets back to where I, I, I want to really support these men that are millenniums and that they don't have regret. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Um, I, I feel really lucky and confident that, um, uh, not that I have a regret free past, but, um, I feel like these groups and being in it allows you to is sort of a stopgap to, to not have a whole lot of regret. Right. I mean, it, like the accountability, the community, all that really gives you a buffer. So it's, it's almost a defense mechanism to having a regret, I believe. Right. And then yeah. you get this feedback where, I mean, if you're really going off the rails, you know, you got a good group and they're going to say, Hey Dan, 
Yeah. You know, you know, the last few weeks you've been saying you're going to do this, you haven't, and you know, we're getting a sense, or I'm getting a sense that your marriage is starting to go a little sideways. So, talk to us, but right, what's so really you, happened. Right. So you go back to, you said you wanted this. Is that real? Is that still present? And to do that, you go back to how you feel. How does it feel, right? You know, it's it's that same it's that same sort of flow through through those states. I think. Like, and, and another component, yeah. um, which we didn't deliberately talk about or specifically but it's there is asking and receiving help mm-hmm. i know for me and it's still an edge but for for men it's really hard to do that yeah to, you know to yeah. to ask for help and to receive it but there's something about these groups where it gets accepted and it's given and you're not shamed and it's like okay yeah i don't have to do this alone yeah um We've blown. We, we've gone through a lot of stuff here. Is there? So you made a list about what makes us different from what we do compared to a lot of other <clears throat> men's movements, men's programs, men's things like that. I, I want to really. I want to sort of uh, really make sure we're, we're hitting all those. And I want to have a little bit of like a compare and contrast session here. Like, what is the normal? Or I don't know if there is a normal, but what do you? What would you expect from a men's training or program or group? And how does that compare in contrast to, to what we do? So maybe we should just read them off. Okay, so there were several questions. So okay. yeah, um, I'll just read them off. And again, it's, it's no real order, and we've covered most of them. The body, solitude is something we didn't cover. Okay. You want to go there now? or Not yet. Let's go through them, and then okay. we probably should have done it at the beginning, uh, and then, but that's And fine. then this whole thing about relationship and family, which gets into the connection part. You know, nature, okay. uh, I think, is big and often missing. Uh the unconscious mind, um, which we didn't directly talk about, but that's a huge vehicle, a portal for the work that we do. Of course, mindfulness, attachment theory. We did talk about that, and that's the. It's not really a theory anymore, but that's the um, scientific or therapeutic term for why we need connection right. and how to get it right. or get back from that. Uh, one of the things that we're bringing in, which is unique, is the tech, which you can you know, yeah. certainly talk about that. Um, yeah. And then the whole process of maturation as a man, hmm. yeah, which is what yeah. my book certainly lays out like, you know, these nine steps, which, again, you know, like in terms of masculine emotional intelligence, it's probably more similar to what a woman would go through. Than not, but there is some distinct differences mm-hmm. that men, not so much need to know, but you know, sort of needs to embody to really succeed in their lives. Um, and then uh, we didn't talk about this, but it's really getting more and more woven into everything we do. Is getting you know our lexicon, our language, and and how we frame what we do out of the new age, out of the, yeah. out of the religious or spiritual and uh, 12, even 12 step. And they're all, you know, great things, but really creating our own language and model that, yeah. that is more intrinsic for men and men can relate to. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about, you know, PTSD. And then, then the last one, you know, we talked about the flow, Got the it. flow state. Cool. And what, what is the, on the opposite side of the page, what you would, it, those are things you would expect from it, from a, other men's trainings, correct? Is that right? Is that right? right? And so we, we talked about purpose. A lot of men's yeah. trainings talk about purpose and work with purpose. Um, and they talk about 
the, the continuum from being a boy to a man and, and, and you know, they, they often do a good job of, you know, supporting or honoring the boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, brotherhood. Yeah. I think certainly all men's groups in some way deal with that or, or, or talk about it. Emotions. Yeah. Um, ritual. And ritual can often just be having repetitive behaviors so literally and this has been proven that our bodies are in our unconscious relaxes because we know what's going to happen yeah. it just anchors us back into that state which yeah. could be a flow state um uh outside group activities and stretches you know, the thing of all right this yeah. is what you do in the group what are you going to do in your life yeah um having fun and you know yeah we don't often talk about how much fun this is. And we mentioned it, you know, in the sense that our group's four hours, it goes by like that. Right. In part, because if you're in your flow state, you're having fun. And uh, the mentoring thing, and you and I both, you know, mentor men privately, but in in the group, it's, it. you know, I would say it's not coaching, it's not therapy, it's a, it's a different kind of, co-creating of a, a, meta, yeah. a, a mentoring where we're doing it simultaneously for everyone together right doing it together yeah. and then um i think most groups or men's work would they might not call it this but they, they're working with vulnerability which gets into right. the emotional part so there's not a thing on that list that we don't include exactly right there's not a thing there that that would turn me off. There's not a thing that there that would uh, everything there I want, and I want part of our groups. So what is it that? So we got this whole other list of sort of our methods and what we do. So on a core level, why am I still so unattracted to certain other men's movements? I know, I, I think I know, but <laughs> I I don't know. What do you what? I think there's a few things. I. I to start with, I want to honor everyone that's been there Yeah, me before. too. Me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah. And I want to be honest about this this sort of, this this feeling that it comes over me that makes me really not want to, because listen, what we're doing in, in some ways is a massive marketing issue. It's a, it's a massive messaging issue. Like, like I know for a, I know for a fact that if I went to any one of these men's trainings, I would come out a better man. Mm-hmm. I absolutely would. Why am I still not, what, what am I missing here? Well, you yeah. These are my thoughts. Um, one, it, it might be a little too institutionalized. Mm. Uh, and, you know, growing up Catholic, I have a certain aversion to big institutions. Sure. Um, also, that's because of how they're set up and what they're trying to do, which can be very good and powerful, they're often teaching, teaching techniques which can be replicated in the same way in any place rather than skills which are a little harder to learn in the beginning but more intrinsic to that person and that group and just naturally more generalized into the rest of these men's lives Hmm. so you're teaching you're going from teaching you know like a recipe to teaching someone how to be a chef that's cool and it's a little harder learning how to be a chef that's learning how to cook out a cookbook yeah um what else um well, I want to add what I what okay, it is, what I do think it is for me, and I, I I what I see, and I'm sure this isn't true. This is my bias or or my judgment of it. But 
we go through life hearing what it means to be a man and it's a prescriptive thing. It's like, I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be this way. And what I see in some other groups or what I imagine that I see is that, okay, well I reject that other stuff. And instead I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be this way. Right. I'm going to be emotional. I'm going to be this, you know, this prescriptive thing. My, my hope really what we're doing is that it is that what we're doing at the very, very, very core is saying that I'm never going to tell you what to fucking feel. I'm sure. not going to tell you anything that's going to be better. I'm not going to give you any fucking model other than go back to yourself and relax, connect and feel and want and act. Right. Like to me, that's like, like it is, it is the ultimate, um, empowering and I hate that word. Maybe I don't hate that word, but it's the ultimate sort of the answers are here. They're mm-hmm. inside of me. The ex- and it's back to the experience. It's complete. And I've always been so like had a giant boner for experience. I think, I think like in my whole career and everything that I've pursued, it's all about like, I used to be, you know, the, when I, when I did the wilderness work, it was experiential education. That's what it was called. And it was still manufactured. So, so, but I'm like, like how, how do we get, how do we get out of the manufactured? How we get, how do we get right down to experience, you know? And I, and that, and I think it's hard to, to translate that it is. And it isn't, I think guys hear it and I get it, but it's also, it's a little confusing until you feel it. And so I'm not going to tell you to be, I'm actually not even going to tell you to be emotional. I'm not going to tell you to be fucking kind. I'm not going to tell you to be mm-hmm. angry, any of this. Like we're just going to keep orienting you back to your experience. You just, yeah, we're telling the guys, come try it out. Let your experience be the judge. Yeah. Like we say, try, uh, try one group. Yeah. We're not going to sell you on it. I mean, try it. Let your experience be the judge. And with that, to go back to what we were saying earlier, we get an opportunity to experiment, to fail, to try things out in the group. Yeah. Because like I said, you don't live with these guys. You know, you know, you don't work with these guys. So you, you might be real close and all, but you don't have other relationships generally that are dependent on this relationship. So you get to experiment Yeah, and you get, you get to try through experience. And if you quote fail, which is really not a failure, but you, you like for a lot of guys, and I was one of them, I had no sense of humor. Hmm. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's not true now. Yeah. But, um, for, by the time I started the group, I had, it. um, but we get guys that are just, dry because it was shut down yeah and so off in the beginning you know they start cracking jokes and it's a little off yeah but we go with it Mm -hmm. but after a few months you know they they they're they got the flow of their their own unique humor Mm. they're having more fun we're having more fun with them but they had to go through that rough spot yeah and do you think I'm deluding myself though about this prescriptive thing do do you think that we are more prescriptive than I'm than I'm wanting um, yes and no. Okay. I think we're, and we need to, I'd yeah. share this, to be prescriptive about creating the state, the, the environment. Okay, great. The, the yeah. you know, right from the protocols, yeah. you know, the container we might yeah. say, and you know, it's an overused word, but you know, however you want to describe that. Yeah. You know, the space. Yeah. Uh, what happens in that space, we are not prescriptive of. Okay. And that gets into the chaos. And we might have some skills that we teach to, yeah. to work with that, you know, to learn how to surf that. But 
we're not saying this is exactly how you do it. Right. Because, well, let me just back up. I, I think you go back to your question or confusion a few minutes ago is part of the problem that men have is that we're so indoctrinated more than we realize for prescription, mm-hmm. for institutions. Yeah, to follow and, others fucking And we're vision. brainwashed. And, right. and I just yeah. flashed on... Uh, Esther Perel, how you know she went down to Cuba and she, you know and she wrote this you know great post about how, fuck, you know being down in Cuba, yeah they have propaganda, but it's sort of like the political propaganda. You know it is, and everyone takes it seriously. But our media is in everything, our exposure is really more propaganda, right? And and that ends up being prescriptive, and we don't know it because that's the water we swim in. Yeah, and so we think as men that we need the formula mm. we need the prescription yeah and a lot of people sell to that because they know that that will sell mm-hmm. and what we're doing is saying we're not going to give it to you even if you want it we're not going to give it to you yeah because we trust and your chaos confusion and everything else if you hang into here with your men with your support maybe it's just mentoring with us whatever i mean but with that support you will find what is true for you. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I just, I just like, I, I, I was freaking out there for a minute, like just worrying about, yeah, like, because I really, I believe so deeply in this prescriptive versus descriptive way of, of looking at things. It's, it's a, it's something I really spent a lot of time with. Um, but the way that it makes sense to me is similar, not similar. It's exactly the same as like a meditation practice or posture, right? So my, my posture is very, very, very intrinsic to the meditation practice that I do. Like, like the body and your physical posture, like you are, it is a very prescriptive posture, right? It's, it's, you know, like finding the alignment and it's an experiential thing, right? But, but the prescription is align your body, relax, and, and, and find a place of, there's like a, a balance point. There's like a balance where you can really, really, really feel on a new level. And then from that moment, once you have found that posture, then you, you it's a letting go. It's a completely letting go. There's no prescription after that point, really, in, in like a shikantaza Zen practice, which has analogs in, in other uh, other types of, of meditation as well. So that actually, uh, that helped me relax just kind of landing on that because it's a similar thing. It's like set up, set yourself it's a, up. Exactly. It's a set setup. Your, that's our prescription. Set ourselves up and then fucking experience. And, and we, right? and, and we're, you know, and, and we could say, and I would say I am rigid about the setup. Great. The thing that I'm most rigid Great. about is a protocol. Yeah. And you know, we have it on our website. And so we just say, I, a guy calls me, wants to join our free group. I say, Great. First, go back, if you haven't, read what the protocol is, right. what our agreements are. And if you're interested, call back. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't enter this group unless you're willing to play by those rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that that right there, as you know, creates a space that's safe. Yeah. And, that's, and so yeah. it's all about the setup. And yeah. then we want the chaos to happen in right. the group. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we're really clarifying that because that's... Uh, and that's what we're building, right? We're, we're building a structure to teach and share that that setup, that protocol, that then, posture. Almost say it's a exact posture, right? And then, and then the other part of the support is we support you in developing your unique skills, awarenesses, and all these yeah. things that we talked about in these lists. Yeah. In your group, in whatever way, and and then the middle ground is 
this like 13 week program we're putting together where yeah. yes it's a little prescriptive because it needs to be in the beginning yeah. to learn to be a chef all yeah. right we're going to use a recipe that's going to teach you how to taste how yeah. to smell you know eventually how to do improv and we talk about in our groups doing emotional improv mm-hmm. but to do improv you got to be connected and you got and, and you need that space to be safe so there's certain qualities that our program in 13 weeks will teach you in yeah. certain skills so you can start doing your own group improv yeah and i think that does that that defines us in some ways too is is this level of uh you know we also call our groups leaderless groups right which is which is true and it's not true in a sense because in order to get off the ground you need someone to again hold that posture in a sense like like translate to translate to teach the skills have the back of the group basically you know enforce things create the logistics have order have organization and i think that that's some of the stigma against men's groups too that culturally has has lingered and it's still present for me is that men's groups oh it's some hippie fucking thing and you're out in the you're all flowy in the woods and you're playing drums and you you know whatever and um and yeah like, like you said our groups when they're in action are rigid is the last thing you would call them but there is a there there are boundaries there are protocols there and and, and that allows us to rea- relax around them that's and, the, and the agreements are our spine and then with a correctly aligned spine you can relax and, and those right? agreements and the protocols in some ways are the rituals yeah and and so the rituals yeah. allow our mind and our body as you said relax and then we can become more present Right. And I think, I think that's another, another thing, like our rituals are very matter of fact and they're very practical and straightforward. Right. And I think that's another thing of, of our stigma and what turns some people off and turns me off is that when we adopt rituals from other cultures or other places, there's, there, there can be just a, unless you have a direct experience yourself, there's, there's this like, uh, is this, you know, is this, is this right? But well, I think what we're doing is, is we're doing the same rituals that other people have done, but we're doing them in a, in a in a in a in a contemporary matter of fact way we you know? yeah and we're doing them out of an evolution of you know traditions before us to yeah. to you know all these years yeah. of working with thousands of men and you know many 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 groups it, you know we found what works yeah and it is contemporary and it's for yeah. men today and what what works we've honed this over years and years of refinement and we know what works and we say to guys look you can do whatever you want we'll tell you that this is probably going to work for you and get you off the ground quicker. Right. And then we say, you know, after you do this program, reevaluate everything. Yeah. You know, step back and go, okay, we've done this, which is somewhat prescriptive. Right. Now that we have an experience of the group, ourselves, some of these skills, is there anything we want to change? Anything mm. we want to take away? Anything we want to add? What do we need to do to make it more our group? Yeah. But first, it's like learning a martial art. You're in the contest. You learn the form or dance or anything yeah. and then you can start doing your improv in the moment and so here's the here's like the the beautiful thing about this is uh what we're practicing is life itself right this art form that we're practicing is is living like it's not just i mean that's how it feels to me i'm not just showing up and practicing this one skill that like like only is segmented it's 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 not it's not closed off from the rest of my life this is this to me is is we like this skill this art that we're doing it's fucking 
it, it's living. It it's is. Like, how am I and, experiencing life? And that's and this is my problem with some other teachings or processes or you know groups or approaches is that you know they have experiences or teachings that are sort of isolated. Mm. And one of the things I'm not for is you know extreme trainings where you they use a lot of deprivation mm. sleep right food right. because yeah it works but here's the but it's sort of like cheating yeah because you put a guy in an altered state and you weaken him so yeah you know you're gonna break down but that isn't and shouldn't be his normal existence right so he has this experience which might be great but it's not parallel or, or or similar to his normal life where you know our groups that's fucking life you sit there and and you're talking to people yeah you're engaging yeah that is life yeah and and so you guys again get to practice screw up experiment see other guys do it succeed fail whatever it might be yeah. as they learn how to do it and it's and it's naturally without any often without any real effort the skills transfer into the rest of their life because our groups are just like not guys hanging out because when right. i hear that i you know i bristle it's not about hanging out it's right. about being authentic yeah and and again that that's that's a word that i wish we could sort of use and adopt authentic right but i mean other people have sort of used it and and we, we can't really that that can't be our tagline right no. authenticity um but like it, it is accurate it's it's accurate like the like the the concept of authenticity does make sense um the the concept of being present absolutely is it does make sense it sense. makes sense here's the but is yeah. that as a culture and often as individuals and i certainly was a great example of it i didn't know what authentic was and i didn't know right. what, you know <clears throat> uh, being connected i didn't know any of this stuff so but what we're saying is 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 what it is 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 exactly what we're saying is is relaxing mm -hmm. connecting so relaxing. Actually, I want to really clarify this, and I want to write it down because I think I think we I think we I think that little that little recipe. I don't, don't want to say recipe, but that little progression mm -hmm. can become the core in a sense of of how we communicate this. Relaxing, feeling, connecting, wanting, right, acting. Some right. I don't know. Well, something what I like have, that, which, right? is, which is yeah. sort of simpler, but is the uh, emotional logarithm. Okay. And it's called, I also call it the rock formula, ROC. Okay. So the first one is to release. Okay. Which is, it's, it's to sort of let go, relax, or you could call it relax. Yeah. Just, you know, being present and connected to your own experience. Right. Internally, externally, just like first thing. I, I think for, for the broad public, relax is a more approachable word. I'm glad it's an R. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe well, yeah I, I agree. It. I yeah. like to relax. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a work in progress. But, yeah. but how you get to relax, you release. Got it. But yeah, it's it's yep. ultimately relax. Yeah. The next one is you know, the O, which is opening. Okay. And so once you relax, you start to open. Yeah. And in an opening, you become vulnerable. Okay. And so, and from vulnerable, I become empathetic. Hmm. And I so I you know I'm you know I'm feeling me and I'm open so I can feel you, Dan. Mm -hmm. And so you start to have, as you were saying earlier, an emotional experience. Yeah. And it starts to resonate. You know, I start to feel it. And I might start to tear or whatever right. as you're having it. And then the third phase is the connect. Okay. Which which is the taking the action. Hmm. Because you, if you look at every action, there's a connection there. Hmm. 
right? Yeah. In some yeah. form or another, you're connected. Even if I'm creating art, I'm connecting. Right. And I'm, and that connection is going out. Yeah. And in going out, there's a risk. Got it. And, 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 and you might not know, or I might not know what my want is, but I'm going to start finding my want through connection. Right. And through the feedback I get through connection. Got it. But at the same time, I still got my feet planted in the other two. Yeah. And, and, and this is and critical is often, you know, people go and connect, but then they disconnect from their own experience. Right. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. I, I think our marketing guys are going to question what does it mean to be open? What does it mean to open? What does it mean to, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I want to, I want to work. I think we should work on that some more today and, and really, I want to, I want to look at your equation and, and sort of, well, it's a work in progress. And yeah. There's, yeah. There's yeah. different turns for each part. Yeah. But yeah, I think vulnerability is key. Right. It's key. Right. And, you know, that's for me, that's part of being open. And um, you, I think we say you, vulnerability to most men and, you know, they sort of tilt their head and they go, uh, what, what is that? And is that right. new agey? And, and, how do, and how do I do it? How am I vulnerable? Uh, and we're showing men how to do that in these groups. Yeah, my, my favorite way to, to discuss vulnerability is... Uh, is in a more practical way and it makes sense emotionally too, but, but it's, you know, you're on a battlefield and somebody's hurt in front of the line and you run out to help him. That act makes you fucking like vulnerable to death, right? Vulnerable to injury, vulnerable to um, all sorts of horrible things. But, but that is, um, that's the act of courage, right? That's the act of bravery. That's an act, that's of, an courage. act of stepping up. And or, but I mean, and that's, you know, I, I fully agree with that and and that always moves me when 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 i see a man taking that action mm -hmm. but he's also going into connection and he's going into Got a it. bigger want and all that yeah so first vulnerability is a self or selfish act okay you know slowing down and being open because mm -hmm. if, if i'm not open to my own experience and i connect with you it's not gonna. It's gonna be a, a different order of magnitude of connection Got it. than if I'm vulnerable. Yeah. Because if I'm really vulnerable and I say something that's a little risky. Yeah. Which could be negative or positive, you might reject what I'm saying, and right. I you might reject me. Right. And that might hurt. Yeah. And this is where Renee Brown's really good about you know really diving into what is vulnerability. Right. And vulnerability, I think, is is that that fulcrum is that is that is what tips it is you know being willing to risk which is a masculine thing mm -hmm. and so we don't think about vulnerability being masculine got it i mean yeah no you're right but if you put it in different contexts if you put it in financial context or a sports context or whatever like, like like when you when you take a risk you yeah it, you 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 make vulnerability when you put money into something you are you vulnerable, are vulnerable. You, you're financially vulnerable you're committed right yeah you're committed no that's good that's helpful i'm also really glad you said the phrase slow down i want to i want to implant that like as i'm building this sort of progression in my head as we, as we speak here slow down and At every and stage slow down then feel right i think uh, maybe those are the first two fundamentals slow down feel you know and you, you, can, you can use different words for that but um I what I'm what I'm finding is like you do those two things and the rest happens naturally. Like well, and, and what happens is we don't. Yeah. You know, so the stress response is a speed response. Right. 
our nervous system speeds up. Yeah. So often our actions speed up. Yeah. And and so we can we can be vulnerable. We can take risks and be disconnected. Yeah. So I think an, an extreme example are, are a lot of these extreme sport people, and you know them better than me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they they go out and they do these extreme things, but how many of them are really connected? Yeah, not many. I mean, they're connected in the moment in, in that wild intensity, then they feel connected. Right. They, they need that adrenaline exactly. rush and intensity to bring the focus to be in the flow state. Exactly. But they got to keep dialing that up. No, ex- exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's exhausting. It is and yeah. dangerous and, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't generalize into the rest of their life. Yeah. But it, when you slow down, that's yeah. really scary. And I, you know, and I want to really emphasize that doing this work, it can be scary. Oh, I mean, beyond scary. I, I would say more scary. Well, I know that's true because I'm not going to fucking wingsuit or anything. Like, I'm too scared to do that. But um, for a lot of guys, I think it's it's maybe the most scary. What no, we're and, doing is the most scary. Right. And and, yeah. and I really appreciate, hugely appreciate, when a man shows up to a meeting. Yeah. Maybe he's, you know, a core guy forming the group or a group like our group, 12 years in existence. He shows up. That takes some balls. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I mean, I in the beginning, I wouldn't have. No, I mean, listen, that's the first step. A guy shows up, he's scared as shit. If he can just say that, I'm fucking scared. It's like, got it. You're in. You fucking get it. That's it. That's well, like we had, we it. had that new that's guy it. in our meeting the other night. Yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. He enrolled everyone in the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Because totally. the first thing he said, he was scared. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's like... That is, that, <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so weirdly simple and it takes so much of us, you know, it, it's so, it's such an interesting process to be able to define and, and, and clarify the simplicity of it. Because, and that, and that's vulnerability. Yeah. To speak my truth. Yeah. You know, the simplest truth. I am scared. Yeah. And this is what I've been telling my clients a lot when, when we're working is that it's so easy to jump over that. It's mm-hmm. so easy to just to spit. And, and the way I visualize it is that like things from the neck up, like our heads, they work way fucking faster than the rest of us. Like, like it's, it's like we're running two programs, right? Like, like, you know, think about uh, patting your head and rubbing your belly. Like, like the, it's hard to do one or the other. We can, we can learn to do it, but the, the mind fucking it's, it's, it's so fucking fast. It's just so it's a, it's racing. It's immediate. It's looping. It's like this thing. But then the body is this, is this like steady, slower thing this connection well, this body well, connection is slower I mean, it's like yeah. we got two different operating systems operating yeah. at two different speeds that exactly that's and, what i'm saying and the, and and the mind well the brain or the nervous system is a digital system okay our body our emotions are unconscious they're all sort of three aspects of the same thing oh, yeah. or an analog oh god that's fucking cool and, and and it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. but they can relate. Yeah. But we gotta uh, we gotta understand how to get them to relate. Oh. And the thing is, as did you, you said, come up with that, or some? Have you heard somebody say that? I don't think I did. I, when okay. you asked that, I, I can't remember. But it's okay. something I've had for years. I That's think, really fucking brilliant. Uh, I, I, it I, makes I, a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it does. And so so we got you know digital's fast. Yeah. On off on off on off, and analog is. Hmm. Mm. it's like a you know the flow the wave yeah. 
Uh, and, and so how can you get the two in sync? Well, you basically you slow down. And yeah. so, you, you, you know, I'm anything but a scientist, but, you know, you got the signal to noise ratio. We yeah. can talk about that. We got, we got the amplitude thing. We can apply all those little metaphors and models to, to how this works. But basically, you slow down the mind and you turn up the analog. God, that's fucking so cool to think about it that way. So it's not, and yeah. it's not slowing down the mind. It's not fucking suppressing it. Yeah, it's just slowing it down, and then, and we do this in the group in different ways, turning up the analog. Yeah, and so often, I know you do this. Is if a guy can't feel, like this is on our cheat sheet. Yeah. Okay, you can't feel emotional mm -hmm. even though we sort of see it in your body yeah but you're so disconnected because that's how you've been trained like all of us tell us what that hand's doing that you're clenching mm -hmm. and, you know and he feels his hand and he goes oh i'm clenching it yeah it's tight <laughs> okay and and then you know see that other foot you're tapping it yeah yeah feel that feel yeah. that and what's that and at some point we might say okay what's your hand what's your foot saying that you're you're not saying yeah and it's just you get the skill where you just know when that sweet spot is to ask that question right and we've had guys just sob immediately or burst out in anger i mean they they connected to the analog their body and when they connected to the body they connected to the unconscious the emotions and we went in the back door and suddenly the door blew all open. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's like, we weren't talking to the mental mind. We were talking to the body, which is often the back door to our emotions. Huh. So interesting. I love that. I love that analogy. That's like rocking my world. It makes so much sense. And that's, yeah, it's exactly what I've been working with guys on is like, again, the, the, the basic skills are really simple. The basic skill of, of like, recognizing how you're going fast, slow down, turn up the dial on your body. Fucking it. Yeah. Fucking and then, and then what happens is you turn up your body, which gets back to the other things we're saying, your body starts to relax. You start to get connected to that. Yeah. And then you leave the stress or survival state. Yeah. Your, your sympathetic, your survival nervous system turns down, you know, and the whole vagus nerve thing, you know, turns up and your parasympathetic, nervous system sort of takes over your stomach relaxes your gi tract work i mean all these things that we can talk about yeah. in the physiology and your mind goes oh i can relax oh wow i see things i don't see i hear things i mean it's like because yeah. when you're in survival you literally have a, a narrow focus yeah and then you get this broad focus which sets up the flow state and you start to be be able to mark how it feels to be there and then you start to notice, this is the mindfulness awareness thing, you start to notice when you shut it down again. You start to feel the impact of you shutting your shutting it down. And when you tense up, you start to notice it. I, here's an example, very clear example for me. I went on Joe Rogan's podcast and the experience of it was so scary, so overwhelming. So like it was a big, big deal for me to mm -hmm. go out there and talk about this to mm -hmm. the world. When I got done... I felt so much. I was like flooded, fear, fucking mostly just fear, I think. But it was so much. I wanted to do anything to to turn that feeling down. I wanted, I, tr I literally called like eight people. Like somebody fucking talk to me and like distract me from what I'm feeling. I wanted to pull over and get cigarettes and just like smoke anything, right? I just, I was in my car. I was driving back to the downtown LA from there. 
and I was, it, you know, it was just so intense and that's a, that's an exaggerated version, but, it, but it was super clear. I think it's a, it's an example, but like, so when we do feel more relaxed and we get into this place, then all of a sudden when we're not in it, it hurts more. We notice how much, and I think there's a tipping point where you start to realize how much it hurts to close down. And this is, this is actually a core of like what David Dana teaches. This is, and this is where some, some real connections get made with some other things mm-hmm. too, is this like, where you start to notice that your constriction mm-hmm. hurts so much. And, and, and it, to me, it gets to a point where that hurts too much to take anymore. So again, to me, that's another door that opens. that's hard to shut. Well, and go back to your other metaphor. I mean, you, a couple things to tie that in. Um, you deliberately, you know, went on Joe Rogan. You didn't have to do that. I mean, you, you, you took a challenge on, Yeah. you took on some chaos and then you burst the dam open. And, yeah. Because a lot of that, what you felt dur- up to it, during it, and certainly afterwards, is the is that water bursting through that dam. Because a, a lot of that stress or the release or whatever you want to call it that you felt wasn't just with Joe Rogan. No, it was oh, no. how you over the years and how you were trained to repress yourself, of your course, passion, your course, love, yes. and what you really wanted to stand up for. Yeah, exactly. And, it had and, nothing to do with him. Right. It had everything to do with And me. it didn't have to do with yeah. being, uh, you know, on a show where there'd be a million guys listening to it. Right. It had to do with you putting a stake in the ground and saying, this is what I've committed to. This is who I am. Yeah. Dan Doty, I'm betting my life on this. Exactly. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking terrifying. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe one of the scariest moments I've ever had, I think. But one of the most transformational. Oh, yeah, fuck, look, yeah, absolutely. My life is different. Yeah, and that's life. what we're talking yeah. about. I mean, and I think you'd agree that we don't have successful, big transformational movements, moments like that without a lot of mini ones. Oh, and the yeah. The mini ones were oh, every yeah. night you sat in a group. <clears throat> Oh yeah, and exactly. all you know. I know when you sat in this group, you know the risk that you took. And we talked about it the yeah. other night when you were here, and the guys that sat with you talked and complimented you on how you just kept them fucking showing up, yeah. even if it meant get, for you it was getting sick. Yeah, right. Yeah. You did what it took to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like. Uh, is there anything else? <laughs> this has been a good one. It's been a couple hours already. Wow. Um, do we, yeah, anything else you want to put a cap on that? Is there any cap to put on that? Well, I I mean, I think there's a lot. Um, like, the, what's the meta? Um, I mean, I think one meta would be, yeah, a guy can do this on his own. I'm not saying he can't. Yeah. But why the fuck take long, spend more time, spend more money, <laughs> and have it be harder? Because what yeah, we don't really yeah. talk about is how much fun these groups are. That's true, man. And, 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 and we think work, growth, is fucking hard and not fun. Yeah. And it was for me. Well, had- that, well we're, ban- we're banning that term, work. I'm, I'm banning it from every man. This is not work. Yeah. To do your work, men's work, ugh. Right. Yuck! Fucking puke. But man. I don't, you know, and and just calling it fun, I don't think really. We'll call it men's fun. <laughs> men's fun. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, it's it's for me. It's it's like training. When, when, training, when, perfect. When, when I'm training in a sport, I really yeah. like. Exactly. It <clears throat> might be hard. Yeah. But 
even when it's not fun, there's a certain pleasure in it. And then I know it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, totally. Of course. That's perfect. That's perfect. There and, is. And, there, and, there's like this, there's this steel deep fulfillment that comes from training. Right. right? And, and what guys, <clears throat> we don't know consciously, but our sort of soul or genome knows that when we do it with men, it's more fun, which is why we like teen sports. Yeah. Why these special ops guys so much like their teams. Yeah. Where, you know, they don't think twice about putting their lives in front of a bullet for their brother. Well, and that's that's the other thing. So the fun, it is fun. And the other thing that comes out of it, which you can't fucking ignore, is the deep friendship. And and I mean, friendship is, I mean, we call it brotherhood, call it friendship, call it whatever you will. But I have, I have guys all over this country right now that will... They would fucking do anything for right. me. And and, I'd do and anything the for them. Word. It's intimacy. Yeah. But it's a different kind of intimacy than we usually think. Yeah. And it's an intimacy that comes from brotherhood. And it's an intimacy, as you know, you know, these special forces guys really understand. You know, and that's the thing. And I, I've been talking about my buddy Aaron a lot, who's a special return special forces guy. And the amount of validation and relaxation that he has brought to me in what we're doing by just becoming, he's, he's one of my closest friends. Now. He's just, he's just like, we're hunting buddies. He in the group together. It's, um, the ease and the complete lack of, uh, tension around male intimacy, brotherhood connection. It's so fucking freeing. Like, mm-hmm. like that's what that's one of the things we need to we need to bring that forth. That's what we got to say. And and having him in the group, it gives me permission. It gives me cultural permission. Oh, it does. Just, you know, it's just like it's a big fucking deal. Like talking to my buddy Rourke, Denver, same thing. Navy SEAL. He's like, yeah, you get it. That's it. <laughs> it's just so fucking because because simple. well, I think they pre-select for guys that have that or can have that yeah. number one. Yeah, and because they know that these teams won't succeed without it. Yeah. Uh, and then they just naturally, because it is natural for men, they build it. Yeah. Um, and here's the downside <laughs> is that we've had guys and Wayne was been one of them. Um, and I'm certainly one of them where, when you get this kind of intimacy or experience or brotherhood, it changes you mm-hmm. and the superficial, let alone negative friendships you have, you can't have anymore. Mm. Well, that's interesting. So yes, and this is something Wayne talked about yesterday. Is like he said he went through a, a major phase of that, and that was a big part. But now, through time mm-hmm. and through experience, he can still connect to all of the people in because his life because he's changed. Because he's changed, right? Yeah, right. he doesn't need everybody. Then it, it is a it is a thing. Like you get in a group, you have this connection. You're like, holy shit, life can be this way. And then you go back to your your work relationships, and it's like, whoa, life's not this way here, right? And there's a dissonance, and it's 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 interesting. And so. It is, and it's been a struggle for me too. Like, so how, how do I live and breathe and be with the people in my life that I need to be that they can't connect in this way? They don't want to connect. How, in this how way. do you think? I think you know the answer. No, no, I do. No, because I because I believe I've I've been practicing it too. I don't know that I have words for it. Well, I think what it is is that you connect. You're you're, you're always connected to yourself and your experience. Yeah. Or at least yeah. you, if you're not, you can go back. Yeah. So you don't need the other person for connection. Exactly. And that's, and that's been something cool that I think, and I've shared this with you, but like I get done, sometimes I get done with a, a meeting or I get done with a retreat mm-hmm. and, and I have this really like intense feeling of, it almost feels like isolation, but it's not. It almost feels, it, it's, it's a sense of myself in a, in a more and more direct singular way that, that I think I, 
you know, whatever patterns or things that I, that I used to lean on other people for my sense of self or lean on people for validation, lean on people for that, that the more connected I get to other people, the more I'm able to sit in myself fully. Well, uh, is that, is that what? Yeah. Or the opposite, you know, more connected you are, the more you connect with others in a different way. And it's, and it's, and I've never would have thought this, but now in hindsight, I can see how there was this sort of subtle, sometimes um, hook or need that I I wasn't even conscious of mm-hmm. to connect to the people. Yep. And no, I still exactly, have it. I mean, exactly, I'm not saying yeah, I don't, yeah. but but I have less and less of that and I'm more aware of it. And and it just allows that person to be more who they are. So the woman at the checkout, I mean, yeah. she's having, you know, I just compliment her on her blouse or whatever and and she lights up and and so it's not a deep connection and she would not be a deep friend but it's like i don't need her and so it's 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 part of being vulnerable and generous yeah and i think i think where it gets trickier than anything is when it's people you care about and maybe they're in pain or struggling in a way and 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 you know i, th- I think there's a for me it's a process of letting them have their experience loving them being there you know not having to change them not have not having to change them for me right right for you yeah for me and we think it's for them but it's really for us there you go there you go and 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 particularly for guys because it's an innate thing and then we're really sort of bred trained to perform and to fix yeah so when something happens the first thing that we're expected to do is to go fix it yeah which doesn't usually foster connection yeah, right. Anyway, we're we're saying how fun it is and how deep the friendships are and that can't be ignored and that is I mean, you know, we're talking about how to bring this to the world and help guys do this without a super experienced guy leading the group and you know, honestly, you know, I think it's 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 a it's a challenge. It's it's a big thing, but the more and more we really sink into it here, I, I really I really feel strongly that it's going to work. I really well, because feel- I think one way to frame it, here's a meta, is yeah. that it's, again, we keep saying how natural and how intrinsic it is for men generally and, and yeah. singly. And so a lot of what we're doing is an evocation. Yeah. We're helping to, to draw out what's already been there. And that's why it works. And so it is yeah. in one way easy. It's some work, but it's, it's just like it's natural for us to be healthy. Yeah. And so what we're creating is a process that, that draws out this natural ability to to do all the things that we're talking about and mm-hmm. once once a group gets a certain amount of experience momentum it gets easier and easier and it and that becomes like a, a general sort of flow state that just yeah. carries everything yeah a little quick linguistic thing here but the word training so you know if we're calling this we're going we're training right we're, 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 we're in training mm-hmm. to me is different than than being trained Right. Or, or like if somebody says I'm going to a training, I have, I have like a little red flag. It's like, eh, going to a training. But when I say that I'm in training, like I am training, I don't know. I'm just just reacting to my own internal, like a co-training. I mean, so what makes these groups powerful is we're training each other. Yeah. We're training in a discipline. Right. And we're, you know, and it's like a team that works out together. Yeah. Exactly. That's, I think, one of the, I think maybe the best, like, uh, social analogy we can come up with because that's literally what it's like. Not like, it is that. Well, it is. It's it, a team training. Like, Right. And, and I remember years ago, I worked with uh, some guys on the, um, 
was it the Yale or no Princeton? I think it was Princeton uh, crew team in rowing. Hmm. You know, and you, you know, they train harder than any other athlete out there. Really? Oh. Crew? Oh, the crew? Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and throughout the whole year, that's the toughest sport. I bet there's a lot of athletes that would argue with you, but interesting. Well, you know, I've been a lot. Yeah. From knowing other athletes and, and seeing how these guys trained. and Really? Uh, That's the know. one sport I always wanted to do. I never had an opportunity. Well, they, they would say, and, you know, of course, a lot of athletes would say this, but, you know, they train more and they're harder. And it's, huh. Of course, the but is they got to do it as a team. Yeah. It's not about each guy being good. They got to be able to row in unison. Right. And together as a team. Yeah. And so, you know, there's individual training and then there's a team training. And once they get the, the team thing down, that's often what m- makes the difference between first and second place. Got it. And, and that's sort of what we're doing here is each guy's in it for themselves, but at some point you get the brotherhood and every guy gets more when that team is working. And, and that, that is more of a masculine thing than it is a feminine thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that is part of that um, sort of getting into that flow where, you know, into that naturalistic current of being a man it gets easier yeah when when that group is is clicking at that level cool well i'm getting i'm getting the feeling that we should we should wrap this one up i think i think we've exercised people's (laughs) uh, attention span or maybe mine maybe maybe that's it i need to take a piss that's a good Um, sign yeah all right that was how long that was two hours and two minutes wow all right, guys. Thanks for and gals. Sorry, I shouldn't make that assumption. That's a little silly. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Um, I I need to sit down and listen to this. I'm gonna go. Maybe I'll listen to it on the on the drive to my hunt um, tomorrow. So that's I don't know. Uh, we are we're doing all kinds of things at Ed Everyman, and I just want to invite all of you to be as much of a part of it as you want, and you can follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Look us up on our website, everyman.co. Look at the retreat coming up in December. It's a weekend. It's affordable. And um, it'll drop you into a community of guys that so many of us are looking for. Maybe not even knowing it. Maybe we don't know it. Um, It's good. I I can say that. It's just a good thing for you. It's a good thing to do. Um, Share the podcast with, with others if you haven't and you're willing, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Um, help us help us spread this fire. Right now, Montana's on fire, and um, you know the conditions are allowing for these fires to spread really rapidly. And I believe the conditions in our society are ripe for what we're doing to be spread. So every little thing you can do to help us is, um, is so appreciated. And it's also, I, I guess... I don't want to toot my horn too much, our horn too much, but it's good. We really want to help. And and we have, not only do we want to, but we can and we are. And so if you can, you know, send this to a guy in your life that's struggling or send this to, um, you know, a family member or whatever, just help us pass this along because we need your help and we want your help and we want to do this together. So have a good week, everybody.